If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. Conversations about what matters the most. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Welcome to Hour 2 of State of the Nation. I'm Brian McLean, broadcasting live out of Central Texas. I'm here with Steve Hook out of New Jersey. Steve, great to be with you once again for this yes. fantastic second hour. We've got a great hour lined up. Yeah, we do. Of course we do. And as always, where did that first hour go? It goes so quick, doesn't it? But uh, So fast. Yeah, was, you're not kidding, but it's good to be back. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I'll remind you again, if you're just tuning in, we are live on video streaming platforms right now. So do go over to the YouTube, the Odyssey, the Rumble, and any other good live streaming video platform and give TNT Radio a follow over there. Uh, so you get notifications and all that good stuff. We really appreciate that. We've worked very hard on this video stream here, and we're very proud of it. So please share it around. Steve, Here's a headline for you. Trump gaining ground among minority voters, signaling potential shift in 2024 uh, out of Austin, Texas. Black voters could be the next minority block to shift support to former President Donald Trump in a potential 2024 rematch with Joe Biden. And uh, let's see, we got Galen Druk, host and producer of the 538 Politics podcast, now, the 538 website is uh, one of my preferred to go to. If I'm going to look at polls, I always like 538. So uh, this is pretty interesting that Mr. Druk says that polling suggests that President Trump is gaining ground with black voters. Uh, but, it, Steve, it goes right along with the analysis that we've been seeing for months now, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. And, and it's not just it, it's black voters to be true, uh, to be, uh, you know, to be honest, but it's young male black voters specifically. Uh, and uh, female black voters as well are shifting a bit, but the the shift amongst the the, the male black voter is, is is striking. And and all it you know what it points to to me, Hesher, you play this identity politics game for so long, and eventually you have to piss off one side of your base to appease the other side of your base, and then you end up pissing off your entire base. And that's what's going on with the Democrat party these days. I mean, good. Look, look at what's happening with the whole anti-Semitism. That's creating a problem. They don't know exactly which side to come down on this, because if they come down on one side, there goes the Jewish vote. If they come down on the other side, there goes the hard left young progressive vote. Uh, and black voters are, 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 are wisening up to this. Should be said that Hispanic voters are wisening up to this as well. And yes, even gay voters are starting to pick up on this. So, you know, you live by the sword of identity politics, uh, and oftentimes you will die by that sword. And it looks like that's what's happening, and it's got them all worked up into a lather, and they're panicked. They're yeah, absolutely well, panicked. It's inevitable. The identity politic eating itself is inevitable when it's being used to push a nation into decline. So, you know, uh, it does end yeah. up cannibalizing itself. I mean, look at Mao. <laughs> I got another <laughs> one for you here, Steve. Um, Democrat senator suggests illegal immigrants earn citizenship. Are you ready for this? By joining the military. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. I'm not even going to go any further. I just want to get your hot take on that one. I uh, Just a hot take. Well, I'll put it this way. Have you seen the border crossings lately? Uh, I've been watching some videos coming out of... Uh, out of out of uh, out of some ICE videos and some uh, custom and border agent videos, 
and there are literally hundreds of military-aged men. And by the way, they're not mostly from from Mexico. They're mostly from North Africa. Uh, We're seeing a whole bunch of Chinese. I mean, goodness gracious, bucket loads. Uh, Here's a good idea. Let's just give them all guns and say, we're going to make you a citizen. Um, This is, this is, I mean, this is just such backwards thinking. Uh, How about you seal the damn border? Uh, But again, they're panic stricken, uh, Hesh, and and they don't know what to do. So they're trying to make, uh, I guess, you know, life has given them lemons or they've, uh, they're they're opting to go with that analogy. Let's make lemonade, I guess. I I don't know. Seems seems (laughs) stupid. It seems absolutely ridiculous. You know, Steve, I remember back in the day seeing exposés on like Bloods and Crips joining the military so that they could get, you know, solid military grade tactical training and then bring that back, you know, to the posse and like share all of that. And I thought to myself at the time, wow, this is a big hole in our system. <laughs> like we have basically organized crime gang members, you know, uh, fostered by the the life of the inner city who see this opportunity. And it's like, well, heck, <laughs> why not? I can get a paycheck. I can get tactical training. I can come back. I can be a, you know, uh, uh, a mob boss for the Bloods or the Crips or something like that. Now, yeah. when you compare that to this story, it's like, can we go back to the days where it was just the Bloods and the Crips trying to join the military <laughs> to get tactical training? Because not only are we giving them rifles and stuff, I mean, we're giving them lifelong training uh, if we were to go that route. And I don't know. Uh, it seems pretty strange to me. I don't see the, a look on a lot of those guys' faces that look like they are interested in joining the United States military, Steve. No, I don't think they're too interested in joining. I think they're very interested in perhaps defeating one day <laughs> some of go. them. <laughs> there's there's no question of that. Uh, it, it it is it, it is kind of silly, and it is, and silly isn't a strong enough word. Is it? It's absurd, is what it is. I mean, here they've created a problem uh, where 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 they've left the border wide open, and military age men are flocking over over a thousand a day, and at the same time, they've also created a problem where they've destroyed recruitment rates inside the U.S. Armed Forces by telling everybody that their country sucks and is racist and is transphobic and is xenophobic and blah, 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 go on down the progressive list. And now their answer is all of these guys that are coming over the border, we're going to make them our we're going to make them our military. Um, I think most people of common sense can, uh, can can pick this story apart without giving it too much effort. Yeah, exactly. And let's not forget, at least last I heard, to be in the United States military, you have to take an oath to defend and protect the United States Constitution. So, hey, uh, if we're going to take that seriously, maybe some of these people would be invited. I don't know. Difficult to say when we just let anybody through the border. All right. For all the latest community events, rallies, marches, festivals, and fundraisers happening near you, then visit our What's On Events calendar on the TNT Radio website. Stay in touch on TNT Radio. Keeping the commitment 24-7. I come to you for facts. I really appreciate what you and your team do. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. A retired U.S. Department of State employee who served on the National Security Council and as an ambassador has been arrested uh, and stands accused of committing multiple federal crimes after allegedly acting as an agent of the Cuban regime. For decades uh here with story joining us once again is tnt radio news producer adam clark uh ruckus the decades really it takes yep. decades can't they read everybody's text messages i mean shouldn't they have figured this out at some point you think so? i 
I guess this one was not on our watch list, as the expression goes. Um, it's caught them by surprise. Uh, according to the Justice Department, federal prosecutors charged the former U.S. diplomat Victor Manuel Rocha. Uh, he's 73 of Miami, Florida, with three primary federal offenses conspiring to act as an agent of a foreign government without prior notification to the attorney general, acting as an agent of a foreign government without prior notification to the attorney general, and with using a passport obtained by false statement. He was charged in a federal court in Miami on December 4th. Attorney General Merrick Garland called it one of the, quote, highest reaching and longest lasting infiltrations of the United States government by a foreign agent, end quote, in history. Yeah. Mr. Garland said, quote, we allege that for over 40 years, Victor Manuel Rocha served as an agent of the Cuban government and sought out and obtained positions within the United States government that would provide him with access to non public information and the ability to affect U.S. foreign policy, end quote. Serious stuff. The FBI Miami field office investigated the case with contributions by the Department of State's Diplomatic Security Service and the FBI's Washington field office. According to a criminal complaint filed on December 1st, it's alleged that Victor Manuel Rocha, originally from Colombia, became a naturalized U.S. citizen in 1978 and in by 1981 had begun secretly acting as a covert agent for Cuba's General Directorate of Intelligence. It's further alleged that to expand upon his role as a spy for communist Cuba, Mr. Rocha applied for and successfully obtained employment with the U.S. Department of State between 1981 and 2002 in positions that provided him access to classified information. The Justice Department also claims that Mr. Rocha continued to engage in other acts intended to support Cuba's intelligence services after his stint at the Department of State from 2000 to 2002 as the U.S. ambassador to Bolivia, specifically from around 2006 until about 2012, when he was an advisor to the commander of the U.S. Southern Command, a joint military command whose area of responsibility includes Cuba. His arrest has caught attention in Bolivia, where he is remembered for controversial comment, a comments day, uh, four days ahead of the nation's 2002 general election that boosted now former socialist president Evo Morales, the leader of a union of coca, coca growers, to the national prominence. At the time, Mr. Rocha had told Bolivians not to vote for the little-known Mr. Morales, uh, who would go on to win the next election in 2005 and only recently stepped down in 2019. Uh, but regardless, according to this criminal complaint, Mr. Rocha, quote, kept his status as a Cuban agent secret in order to protect himself and others and to allow himself the opportunity to engage in additional clandestine activity. Um, the complaint reads, quote, Rocha provided false and misleading information uh, to the United States to maintain his secret mission traveled outside the United States to meet with Cuban intelligence operatives and made false and misleading statements to obtain travel documents, end quote. Well, guys, I, I would think if he was doing this for 40 years, somebody at some point would have, you know, been a little suspicious. Uh, but what do you guys think? Egregious. This is an egregious hole in security. Um, 
But, you know, as the military and the government just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and more expansive and more expansive, you're going to run into things like this. The thing that's most disturbing about this is his country of origin, the amount of time that he's been here, the amount of time that he's held multiple jobs, uh, two of which clearly require um, at least a base level secret clearance, um, you know, and, and the fact that so much travel was involved. This is a big vulnerability when you've got an ambassador, someone who's an amb ambassador's travel a lot. So, you know, and, and when, if you have a clearance and you travel to a foreign country, you have to go and register that travel with the security manager at whatever, you know, base you're, you're working at. And the fact that the security managers were letting, um, a Cuban national, he's a naturalized citizen, by the way. Um, interesting. He took the, the full path there. A lot easier in the early 70s, I guess. But yeah, the fact that the security managers uh, were not interviewing him appropriately or that his, you know, whoever his uh, employer was, his supervisors were there um, with the U.S. Department of State and as the U.S. ambassador to Bolivia. Uh, that's a huge, huge gap. That's a huge, huge hole. This is just, uh, and, and this isn't the first one we found this year. We had Chinese nationals we just found earlier this year doing a spying program. We had the, the Chinese spy balloon flying overhead. Uh, I mean, so yeah, it's, it's interesting when you kind of zoom out and look at the larger sort of rise in spying stories lately. Yeah, it, it really is. And it's also, I think egregious is the right word here. I mean, this guy's been for 40 years has been uh, basically turning over state secrets uh, to, to the Castro boys. It's crazy. And you mentioned China hash. I mean, Hey, it wasn't too long ago before er uh, you know, that Eric Swalwell was doing the bang, bang with Fang Fang. And we can't forget about Diane Feinstein's chauffeur of 20 plus years, also a direct spy for the CCP. And this really kind of goes to your point about the, 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 the expansive U S government. When you, when you get this big, I guess it's easy just to say, oh, well, someone else will catch it uh, because these people are just flying under the radar. I mean, Eric Swalwell, I want you to imagine if Eric Swalwell was a Republican, how this would have been played out in the media, how this would have played out even within interparty relations. I mean, Republicans tend to immediately just get rid of anybody that has even made a questionable joke, for God's sakes. Uh, and, and this kind of goes to the Democrats always circle the wagons. They circle the wagons around Feinstein uh, and they circle the wagons around Eric Swalwell. Uh, and it's just it, it's it's utterly pathetic that this kind of stuff slips through the cracks. I mean, 40 plus years spying for the commies. Uh, somebody dropped a ball, quite a few balls and quite a few somebodies, I'd wager. Yeah, yeah, there's a chain of management, chain of custody, security managers, uh, you know, travel, travel uh, admin, you know, there's so many people that probably should have to be called in and be questioned about this. I mean, there could be larger holes at uh, whatever places of employment or bases this guy worked out of. Just bad, real bad. Ruckus, anything further on this? Well, you guys, I, I am a bit of a patriot, but I'm not a big fan of the huge American exceptionalism kind of thing. But uh, that being said, um, how much you want to bet? Like, let me ask you guys this. When's the last time you heard about an American getting caught in a foreign country for being a spy for decades? Oh, that's right. Well, you haven't because yeah. we're much better at it. Yeah.
See, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, they're holding these. that. They're holding. They're holding that Washington Post reporter on trumped up charges in Moscow. That Evan uh, Verskovich fella uh, turned thirty two in a uh, in a Moscow prison. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's 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 it rarely goes the other way. But yeah, absolutely. Anyway. Very interesting. All right. Thank you, Ruckus. You're, you're listening to and watching, hopefully, State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Joe Hoff. Just a terrible situation there, and Biden was behind it, pushing these arms, pushing billions of dollars over there. We don't know where that money went. I'll bet you money. I'll bet you a huge percent uh, went, to, I bet you more than 50% didn't go to the uh, to the people or to the war. Uh, it went to people's pockets, kind of like what we have in, in uh, Palestine uh, with the U.S. since since, well, under Biden, uh, Trump shut this down, thank God. But under Biden, Obama, they started sending billions over to uh, that part of the world. These people are at, have been after Israel forever and, and uh, supported by Iran. And billions of dollars going their way and uh, to help them, uh, you know, basically uh, create chaos in the Middle East, terrorism. And, and we saw what happened earlier this year, about a month ago, uh, the two one attack in Israel and the death and destruction, rape and kidnapping, more than 240 people kidnapped. Joe Hoft on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Chief Division Counsel and DOJ have approved a no-knock breach. We want the subject to be on display, doing the walk of shame, full visual impact. Any questions? Are we becoming a police state? Government told American citizens they couldn't go to church on Sunday. For the first time in my life, I'm saying to myself, am I going to get a knock at the door? FBI warrant, come to the door now! The Patriot Act and FISA were used against Donald Trump. These individuals have commissioned the biggest propaganda play in U.S. history. They don't go after the people that rigged the election. They go after the people that want to find out what the hell happened. We don't need to have a crime. What we need is a person to look at. And then we go find out what crime you did. FBI! Our focus is shifting. Our main priority as a bureau is going to be domestic terrorism. It really paints anybody who's right of center. If you're a pro-life, pro-family Catholic, they define you as radical. These are anti-government. We have freedom of religion and freedom of speech. Violent extremists, and they must be dealt with. We can do anything we want. Today's News Talk Radio. Now we're talking. TNT. All right. Welcome back to State of the Nation. And we are very happy to welcome our next guest, Allison Beatty. Uh, is a Freedom Foundation Director of Labor Relations attorney uh, who uh, filed an unfair labor practice complaint on behalf of the teachers in Miami-Dade, Florida, and she's currently working on an ethics complaint this morning. Allison, uh, welcome to State of the Nation, and uh, tell us all about this. Uh, it sounds like the teachers' unions are are, are teacher unioning, huh? 
<laughs> yes, they are for sure. Um, especially in Miami-Dade County. Um, in uh, Miami-Dade County right now, we have two teachers who we have filed unfair labor practice complaints on behalf of um, for, as you were saying, teachers unions doing their teacher unioning. Um, in this case, uh, we've had these teachers being harassed by union organizers at the school. Um, one of them was during the lunch hour when a teacher was trying to use the restroom. Um, the other uh, incident occurred when a teacher was walking through the hallway trying to deliver papers. These teachers have told us that they just feel like they can't get away from these union organizers and um, and just their really aggressive tactics to try to come after teachers, yelling at them, following them around the school to try to engage them in conversation. It's gotten to uh, it's gotten really intense down there. Are these and, their fellow educators? I'm sorry, Hatcher. Are these are oh, fellow right. teachers? Uh, the organizers in question are not teachers. No, they're employed by the union to, um, you know, engage these teachers and try to get them to join the union to make sure that they're paying their dues, all of that. But no, they're not fellow teachers. So what business do they have on school grounds at all then, exactly. especially to be <laughs> messing with a teacher while they're trying to do their job or take their break? Absolutely. That's a great question. And um, they are technically allowed by their contract, the contract that's between the school and the teachers union to go to campuses, but they are not permitted to be um, coming in and engaging teachers and soliciting them for union activity uh, during the actual classroom teaching time. So, um, so yeah, so that's a big issue, but um, technically they are allowed on campuses, but these types of tactics that they're using to go after teachers, to belittle them, um, it's just, it's very aggressive and it definitely, uh, we thought merited uh, these unfair labor, labor practice complaints to be filed. Wow. wow. I mean, it's just so, it's, I would say it's shocking, but it's really not. It, it's pathetic. <laughs> I don't know that it's shocking. And and you know what strikes me, Allison, is they're doing this in Florida of all states. And say what you will about Ron DeSantis as a campaigner for president. He's a hell of a governor. Uh, has, has Governor DeSantis said anything about this or is he starting to raise hell about this at all? sure if he's commented particularly on these uh, complaints that have been filed, but um, as a general matter, yes, uh, Ron DeSantis has expressed that he is against the teachers unions um, and that's, you know, out there in, in public record. So um, yes, but I don't, I, I'm, I'm not sure if he's commented specifically on these incidents, but overall the, the fever pitch that has been uh, reached in, in Florida and in Miami-Dade County in particular has been really intense. A lot of it has to do with a new law that was passed this past year that makes it a lot harder for teachers unions and other public sector unions in Florida to continue existing. So they're kind of trying to hang on for dear life right now. And um, unfortunately, they're resorting to some really unsavory tactics to try to do that. So is, is Florida not a right to work state? Isn't a, uh, am I correct that a right to work state is one where you have the option to not be in the union? Um, is Florida a right to work state? Yes, Florida is a right to work state and teachers have always had the option to not be in the union. It's interesting. Um, the uh, the law that was just passed uh, this past session um, that addresses public sector labor unions actually requires that to be put on the the cards for membership that um, you are essentially acknowledging as a public employee that you have a right to not be in your union and to not be in, in the union that's representing you. And um, you, you know, you, you can be in your own individual who's not uh 
who's not, you know, paying membership dues or anything like that to these unions because Florida is a right to work state. And there's a number of states that are that are also right to work um, where, unfortunately, public sector employees are are not quite um, educated enough to really know because the unions will use these tactics to try to convince teachers that their salary and benefits are connected to the union and um, that the union's providing all of these things. When in reality, those are all provided by the employer itself, not the union. So um, it's definitely a bit of a disinformation campaign that unions across the country are waging against public sector employees. So that's one of the things that Freedom Foundation is really trying to combat here. Yeah, I, I'm, I, you know, I got to tell you, I'm getting shades of uh, Kristen Cinema trying to just relieve herself in a bathroom stall and getting screamed at. That's what's going on here. It's basically just bully tactics. Uh, and these teachers, apparently two of them at least, have had enough. They've come to you and Freedom Foundation and said, we want these uh, these jackals off our backs. What union are we talking about here? Is this the NEA? Is this uh, American Federation of Teachers? It, it, w- which union is it? So um, what's interesting is that each of the, the specific teachers unions on a local level do uh, basically lead up to the national. So this one is um, United Teachers of Dade, they are affiliated with the Florida Education Association and also with both the NEA and the AFT. So they are really in deep with all of these national groups. And they've actually had to uh, call down, I think it was 50 AFT organizers who they called down to the county because they were worried about not having enough union memberships. So they have to, you know, call in the big guns uh, at the national level to try to get more support from, from the teachers because, you know, just them alone alone, this, you know, local teachers union in Miami-Dade County, it just doesn't have the support that they need. So yeah. Randy Reingotten is cracking the whip. Get uh-huh. down there, harass <laughs> yeah, these teachers, to. follow them <laughs> yeah. into the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Amazing tactics. I mean, it sounds like mob, like protection racket sort of tactics that they're dealing with here, which is not something a teacher should have to deal with while they're trying to do school. I mean, that's just completely uncalled for. Allison, please hold the line. We have a headline inbound from the network here. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you a little bit more about this because it's my understanding that uh, these unions are looking to have a 60% membership. So uh, I want to ask you on the other side, uh, if there, if should anyone be surprised they're having a hard time meeting 60% membership in Florida when the union is obviously so partisan and bullying? So we'll pick up right there on the other side of this headline. This is State of the Nation on TNT Radio. Time to read some news. TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Israeli forces pressed ahead with their air and ground bombardment of southern Gaza Strip as the military ordered mass evacuations. Black residents of Chicago's Brighton Park are suing Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson over the construction of his massive tent city for illegal border crossers, but not before state authorities shut construction down over a report the site may be a toxic landfill. Israel's National Security Council has issued a warning on travel to Australia and multiple countries in Western Europe. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab, or Getter? Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Allison Beattie uh, from the Freedom Foundation is our guest here, and we're talking about what the teachers are dealing with in the Miami-Dade area here, and it just sounds so terrible to be a teacher and not want to be part of the union at this point. So 
Um, Allison, the union says they need to meet their 60% membership. But again, I mean, and we want to support unions. Steve and I and, and many of our colleagues have been very supportive of the auto union workers in their recent strike. They had very uh, righteous uh, requests, and oftentimes teachers do too. But when some of these unions, we've looked into these unions, they're 95% supporting uh, the Democratic National Party with tons of our teachers' money. And then to hear these tactics that are being used against them to try to rope them in when they may not understand that they're in a right to work state. I mean, this is pretty insane, but uh, do you think this is just sort of a, a manifestation of the union in its death throw or, you know, at a, at a benchmark where they realize that they're losing ground? Oh, absolutely. Uh, like we said before, there's uh, a 60% membership requirement that United Teachers of Dade and uh, at this point, every uh, teachers union in Florida has to meet to stay certified as the teachers union there. And they just can't meet it. What's what's really funny is that um, United Teachers of Date actually had to kick the substitute teachers out of their bargaining unit to try to meet their 60% threshold, and they still can't do it. So um, it's really shocking how, how little support they really have amongst the teachers. So little, in fact, that there's a rival group that is getting that is starting up called the Miami Date Education Coalition, which is a group of teachers that um, is interested in starting a new group because they have seen how you, uh, the United Teachers of Date has just failed them again and again um, and how they, you know, they, they do want a union. Like you said, there is a place for a union in some instances, but for them, that place is not uh, the current union, which is sending half of their dues, which is $500 of their dues, which is a total of $1,000 every year is going to the state and national uh, teachers union. So it's not even staying in the county itself. Um, so it's just really disgraceful how these unions, um, they just think that they can control everything and that, you know, the teachers will pay up. And um, what's interesting is that really these teachers are getting really sick of it. So. Um, a, a real rhetorical question here. Um, how many Democrat politicians in Florida have come to these teachers aid and said, you know what? You have a right. I mean, how many of them have been Democrats? I'm just curious. Oh, I don't have a number for you, but a lot. I'm sure. Um, it's really? definitely. Oh, I mean, uh, you mean in, in favor of the teachers unions? Yes. Um, oh, or, no, no. I meant in favor of the teachers that didn't want to join the union. Oh no! Yeah, zero. <laughs> Not a <laughs> that's, that's so, so she's got so, a so number for that. Yeah, I'd say that yeah. that that that's a simple that's an number. Easy number. <laughs> yeah, that's a real easy number. So, so in other words, teachers have wisened up to the fact that basically what these unions are is a money laundering operation for Democrat campaigns. And when you say that fifty percent of these Miami Dade teachers union fee dues are going to the national union. That means they are pay teachers in Miami Dade are paying for campaign donations to Democrats in San Francisco and Democrats in Chicago and hell, I don't know, Florida as well, I suppose. I, if I were a teacher, I'd say, no, that's not going to play. I'm not going to be a member of this anymore. You right. see a lot of teachers starting to turn off on that, huh? There are. And it's not just in Miami-Dade County or in Florida, but it's all over the nation. Um, teachers are, are getting wise to this and they say, you know, I, I'm not interested in supporting these politics. 
Um, and, and even if it's not for the political aspect, like they're, they're seeing that their unions are not even representing them that they, the way that they would want them to, to be. Um, when you take Miami-Dade County, for example, they're making far less than even the neighboring county, Broward County. Um, so the union, you know, it, it doesn't even have to be a political argument, although many people who, you know, have the political interests say no way just on, on those grounds. But there are plenty of other teachers who see um, just the fact that they're not being represented properly in the way that a union, you know, by its definition should, they should be fighting for, um, you know, different, different, uh, things that teachers need, you know, working conditions, all of that, you know, uh, having class time and, and planning time and all of that. And, um, they've just realized that they're not getting that. So, you know, even just from a workplace perspective, they're saying that, you know, our unions are no longer any good. They've had a monopoly over the system for this long, and um, it's no longer something that they're going to stand for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And good. I'm really glad to see that, you know, the uh, the right to work issue has become very important and people have become a lot more savvy than they used to be because they had uh, what they to were told was going to be two weeks to do some web research and ended up being, uh, you know, 18 months, two years, something like that. But uh, I mean, and this is just, you know, when we talk about all this money being extracted from the teachers there in Miami-Dade area, we can put this nationwide. This is happening pretty much nationwide, I would wager, to some extent or another. Maybe not such bullying tactics. Hopefully, for you teachers out there, it's not quite as bad as it is. But uh, contact Freedom Foundation if it is. Um, but they're extracting all this money, right, going directly, much of it, a huge percentage of it going directly to the federal level uh, Democratic National Committee. And here I've got a headline in front of me saying Biden launches a December fundraising blitz seeking millions for reelection campaign. I mean, I'm sorry, I just got to take a minute and pound on the president here. Uh, this guy wants money straight out of your pocket while he's already taking money straight out of the pockets of our teachers and our teachers are embroiled in um, political and cultural shenanigans at the hands of some of these unions and school boards and such. So, Allison, do you think that um, some of the the back out that we're seeing from people, some of this um, self-education that we're seeing the effects of has anything to do with the mass exodus of people moving to Florida, looking for a more free state um, and, and also maybe an effect of uh, those political and cultural shenanigans, the woking, if you if you will, and also uh, an after effect of COVID and parents learning what kids were actually happening in school. Oh, absolutely. I think it's a combination of all of those things. Um, I mean, people have just really, I think that COVID, you know, really shined a light for a lot of people on um, just the conditions in their schools and, and what children are being taught. Um, and I think that it's just added to this whole national conversation about what these teachers unions are doing. And, um, you know, a lot of these, these public school teachers, they're just trying to teach the basics. They're just trying to, you know, help their students in Miami-Dade County, for example, there's a lot of students who come from low-income families and they just want to have a quality education. And that's what these teachers are trying to provide. And unfortunately, you know, these teachers unions just keep beating the drum of these, these really woke politics and they're trying to push it down on the teachers. And there, many of them are really resisting this. Um, so I'm, I'm sure it has something to do with, you know, with, with COVID, with just the political climate in general, and with so many people moving to Florida. Um, but, you know, even longtime Floridians down there, um, a lot of people are just fed up with a lot of the national talk and the national politics that are going on right now. 
Yeah, understandable. I mean, it's 24-7. It's a 24-7 news cycle, 365. It's all about likes, shares, and this stuff. It, it does get tiresome after a while. And I would think that these uh, teachers are, are are waking up to it, just like earlier in the show we were talking about how, how some black voters are starting to kind of rethink their positions on things. This is, uh, I, I think this is massive overreach on the part of the Democrats. It's obviously massive overreach on a part of uh on, on the part of their syncophants in these in these teachers unions and other unions. But Allison Beattie, listen, before we let you go, I want you to I want you to plug Freedom Foundation. Tell us where we can find you and how we can support you, your organization, and these teachers that are affected. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So you can visit us at freedomfoundation.com. And there's a special page that's just for um, the Miami-Dade Education Coalition, which is the group in Miami-Dade that, that we're helping to um, to try to unseat the current union, which is United Teachers of Dade. So well, there you go. Allison Beatty, thank you so much for your time today and walking us through that. We hope to have you back on. God bless. Have a good day. Thank you. You as well. God bless. Okay. Take care. There she goes. You're listening to State of the Nation on TNT Radio. Myself and Hesher will be back with an old friend right after this. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Facts matter. And the fact is that until the COVID-19 genetic therapy injections hit the scene, we didn't have thousands of young athletes dying in competition, in training, or home asleep in their beds. We didn't blame things like a previously undiagnosed genetic cardiac anomaly or taking too cold a shower or walking too briskly to class. And the fact is that it wasn't Israelis that kidnapped Palestinian Olympic athletes in Munich and murdered them. It wasn't Israelis that blew up nightclubs in Berlin and Indonesia. It wasn't Israelis that drove a truck through a Christmas parade in Wisconsin or shot up a Christmas market in Germany. It wasn't Israelis that stabbed to death festival goers in Stockholm. It wasn't Israelis that did these things. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. I was such a young age. Everything changed. My name is Chloe. When I was 13, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. When I found out, I just didn't know how to react. I felt like everything was just kind of closing in on me. It just became a routine. Dad's doing chemo. I'd come home from school, wait for mum to finish work, and we'd go straight to the hospital, spend a few hours there, just draw. It was hard to navigate going to school. Hundreds of kids and I was the only one with a dying dad. He was diagnosed in March and then he died in October. Towards the end, I heard about canteen. It kind of felt nice to know that they had other people like me. They understood what I was going through and we didn't even have to chat about cancer. In 2020, I became a youth ambassador so I can help others the way they helped me. I've done so many things since I was 13. I've graduated high school, university, gotten my license, made a move across the country. Life now is just a whole lot more fun. Please give a gift today to support more young people like me experiencing cancer. Critically analyzing national affairs, this is State of the Nation with Steve Hook and Brian McLean on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. 
Well, this is a very exciting moment. We're about to welcome our friend, our colleague, my previous co-host here at State of the Nation. I've missed her so. Lynn Shaw joins us now of Lynn's Warriors. Lynn, welcome to State of the Nation. It's wonderful to see you. Hello, Thank you, Brian. Hi, Steve. Listen, I, I have two things I got to start with. A little bit of a bone to pick with both of you. First of all, <laughs> let's just both admit that I bring the je ne sais quoi to State of the Nation. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I give everybody homework because, Brian, I used to give you homework, if you recall. Okay. Yes, so everybody yes. can look up what that means if they don't understand. Now, Steve, I got to ask, I'm trying to tweet out, X out, whatever it's called these days, promote the show, promote all of it. Do you have a Twitter handle, an X handle? Because, like, I'm not finding it. What's the matter with you? We're going into 2024. What's happening? <laughs> I, I, you know what? I, it's 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 high time that somebody gave me a hard time about this. I have been so my my Twitter handle is at right hook seventeen seventy six. I probably yeah. need to change that. But you know what? I got blacklisted from from pre Elon Twitter, and I lost everybody. I had over a thousand people following me, and then I lost them all. So I've kind of been slow to pick it back up. But I probably got to work on that. So. And by I don't the know way, about man, you, Brian. I don't know about you. I'm not. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying that whole whatever you just told us, Steve. It holds no weight. A thousand people. I don't want to. I don't want to be very. Uh, you know. Uh, I don't want to be mean here, gentlemen. But a thousand people. Start it over again. Just keep renaming. I know people. They're on their twelfth, fifteenth handle. They just keep going. So anyway, but anyway, let's go. What do you have for me? Well, first, like we got some homework to attend to. Steve and I yeah. are going to get right on this and improve our social media presence. So thank you for that. We definitely <laughs> needed a nudge. In just, that just a little nudge there, Steve. I want to see it when we're done with the show. Okay. You All got right. it. We'll, we will we will X out, tweet out the, uh, the recorded version of this to you, Lynn. And uh, thank you for that. So, Lynn, um, I want to start actually with what you are seeing in new york city right now because you and i have had so many amazing conversations with amazing people about our border invasion about you know just the mass amount of drug problems and mental health problems that we see in this country right now and we're getting into a season where it's getting really cold and as we see what's going on in places like chicago i can't help but worry you know as much as i don't want uh illegal migrants here i can't help but worry about some of these people from a humanitarian level as it gets really cold in the winter time here what's it like in new york right now loaded question brian but let me try to answer it so it is getting cold luckily we haven't been too cold uh a lot less people on the streets that's what i'm noticing and I actually think they're beginning to migrate to all the other states. Why, who would want to be in New York in the middle of the wintertime? I think they're really going, and I'm hearing reports, they're going out even, you know, they're starting to go towards Florida. They're starting to go, we have a, a big problem with California. I don't think we're talking enough about California. Everybody going there thinking the, the weather is better. So I'm seeing a change very slightly around here. Um, and I almost feel like, maybe they're just all staying inside because when the weather was warmer i would see a lot of families on the streets i would see you know mothers bringing the kids to schools back and forth i'm not seeing a lot of it the thing i'm seeing and if you come to new york you're taking your life in your hands is i guess the jobs are delivery because new york city everything's delivered i don't think people go out and buy one thing i've actually seen in front of an apartment door one little tiny not even large size small cup of coffee 
I wouldn't have the nerve to have like somebody deliver, not even the extra large grande, whatever they call those, those things, but one little cup sitting in front of a front door. So this is a delivery city. When you go out, we have, this is, this is my whole beef, bicycles, mopeds, motorcycles, they do not follow. So they're delivering these illegal aliens. That's what I call them. They're here illegally, uh, going in every which direction, not obeying the traffic. And you have to look both ways and behind you. It is taking your life in your hands. I'm not understanding why they don't crack down on this, this safety, because I have to tell you, they just said they are, uh, well, we're facing congestion tax. I live below 60th Street in New York City. I'm going to have to pay every time I take my car out. So there, you know, it, it's it's like all these different things, but people are getting hit by bicycles, hit by motorcycles. By the way, most of them have no tags on them. And the media doesn't report on this at all. Big, big problem. So I'm seeing that. So from a humanitarian point, Brian, I get it. But I think they're realizing they thought they'd come here for that pot of gold because I've actually had a few say it to me. There is no pot of gold here. Some of them have returned. They want to go home. Some are trying to find relatives in warmer climates. It's just a mess. Yeah. And we've seen that. We've seen that, too. And Eric Adams, you can tell Mayor Adams is kind of at his wits end. He doesn't know who to blame. He, he blames he blames Obama. I mean, Obama. Well, <laughs> there's a Freudian slip. <laughs> he, he, he blames the Biden administration. Whoa. Next thing you know, he's under investigation. His fundraisers are under investigation. So, I mean, it's I would be at my wits end, too, if I were the mayor of New York City. Uh, and for that matter, if I was the mayor of Chicago, if I was, this is just crazy. Abbott has said, okay, you're going to share in what we get in Texas. And he's made that very clear. It never became a big uh, a political thing until all these blue cities started having buses show up. And now you're saying that as the weather turns, they're heading back down to the warmer climates. I I'm, I'm sure that the same thing is going to happen in reverse. We're going to see the snowbird illegals go south and then the southern mayors and the southern governors they're going to have to raise hell about this i just don't see anybody turning off the spigot i don't see any stopping this do you see any stopping this i'm seeing visuals of a train coming with like men guarding it riding on the train they may have been holding guns it went by me very fast the the video i saw of it but they're just coming here they're waving there was actually a video posted today online i saw from a very reliable source where uh two illegal aliens were saying thank you biden thank you thank you we're not even coming here for asylum we're coming here because we want to come to america did either one of you see what's going on in california all of these fairly well-dressed chinese men with very nice looking luggage i dare say just lining up here we come we want to come to america it is not stopping it is not i talk i work with people on the border it's an open book. I'm not understanding this. And I also feel like our eyes are not really on it. How come we've got all these other distractions and these wars, whatever you want to call all that going on, people are not keeping up with this border. How can this be? I ask you, why aren't people taking to the streets? And I, I mean, very well organized to protest. I don't care if it's even just becomes a visual, 100,000 in, in front of the White House. And I want to go back, Steve, to something you said. Eric Adams is nowhere to be found. This guy, he bought the book. He bought whatever they presented to him, in my opinion. He wanted to be Mr. Nightlife. He wanted to bring the nightlife. He's actually quoted as saying something like this, back to New York City, the glamour, the glitz. I want to wear my expensive designer jackets and go out to the nightclubs and hang out with Jay-Z. 
And then all of a sudden, when he said, come, we're open, we welcome you, we love you, come here, illegal aliens, we'll feed you, we'll clothe you, we'll house you, everything you want. And they came. And then he started complaining. So I, I don't feel <laughs> bad for him at all. He opened his arms and he said, come on in, we've got plenty for all of you. And when they really started coming is when he started speaking up. And you don't go against that playbook once you're handed it. And he went against it and we're seeing what's happening to him but he's nowhere to be found he's worried about congestion tax he's for me paying it he's worried about if my car honks a few more times i'm now going to get a noise ticket that's 800 dollars. in the meantime when i go out to the cvs on a corner i'm getting run over by an illegal alien who i don't know where he's from leaving me in the street so i you know what these people asked for it steve and brian come to our cities but we're going to give you everything and they're getting really nothing. It's just a mess. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I saw I, I, I saw a uh, story not that long ago. I'm sure you t you saw it. Uh, the Venezuelan man that said he was going back. I think he was uh, exiting Chicago, if I recall. Uh, he was like, there, there is no. He said that basically what you said. There's no pot of gold here. There's, I think he said there's no American dream here, and yes. it's cold. And we're going back to Venezuela. This is not what I, you know, dragged my whole family here for. And then, um, you know, we've all spoken with Art Del Cueto a number of times. He's an expert on the Tucson sector. And Lynn, I noticed yesterday, Steve and I talked about this. Um, they actually closed one or two points of entry in the Tucson sector so that they could take all that CBP resources and move them into processing illegals. So people doing, you know, legitimate business looking to have those border crossings are the ones that suffer while they close those down to bring in tens of thousands in a day. We, we flagged up one day last week that had, I think it was over 10 or 11,000 people in one sector in one 24 hour period. I mean, it seems to be getting like worse. Um, I heard that sector was close to 17,000. It was the biggest one day uh, number ever. Um, and basically everybody I know on the border, obviously people want to keep their jobs. They have families, they need to make their money. It's just become a processing type thing. There's no, yeah. you know, we do have our, our good people like art working and, and others, but they can't do it. We can count the number of people, you know, practically on our, our three sets of hands, you know, they've become a processing center. What I am worried about is things like our Congress, uh, not addressing any of the child predation. I mean, there's so many issues here. You know, something was in Congress last week, Senator Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee. It's called the Prince Act, like you take your fingerprints. And she presented this. Everything here is bipartisan, right? You know, for the safety of, of kids. And it was any child, any minor, 14 and under, should be fingerprinted at the border because we are seeing the same child used 10, 12, 16, 20 times coming with a male you know, coming over and they're claiming, you know, family unit, you know, they're coming over the whole bunch of kids and Congress knocked it down. It's both sides fighting all of, I want everybody to understand. I know both of you understand both sides are fighting here for this. They're complicit with these open borders. They're complicit with all of this, or they would step up. Aren't you both tired of all this noise we hear coming out of Congress and congressional hearings? It goes nowhere. And where will this be headed? Where are we going to be a yeah. year from now? Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't see any end game here. Like wh what's going on here? I think that, I think that if we're going to, if we're looking for a silver lining and I think we always try and do that. I mean, I, I've always kind of fancied myself a Reagan optimist. So I always look for the silver lining. It's not always there in this case, though, if I had to point to a silver lining, I would say it's the new speaker of the house, Mike Johnson, 
Uh, Mike Johnson is now tying any additional aid to Ukraine because this is what they do. You know, Lynn, they pile all of these uh, the, these bills and this mega spending packages into these omnibus type bills. And he's saying, look, if you want one red penny uh, for Ukraine, you're going to seal that damn border tighter than a drum. And until we see that happening, uh, you're not getting any more aid to Ukraine. Now, we'll see. You're right. There's certainly some the, uh, the Chamber of Commerce type Republicans are going to go along and poo poo this behind closed doors. But I mean, the American people have woken up to it. God knows the citizens of New York City have woken up to it. Um, do you do you have any do you hold out any hope that 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 Mike Johnson might be on the right path here and getting something done? OK, a couple of things now. I don't, don't take this personally, Steve. Ronald Reagan is dead. We live in a new environment. Everything, everything is new. Everything is different. What was happening yesterday to me, there's like no, there are no patterns anymore. You know, I compare it kind of like used to be able to start a job, you know, ground level, work your way up, get that gold watch after 45 years or something. We don't have anything like that anymore. Everything's this big like mosh pit, okay, or like mishmash or so I what I think, though, what I heard, we've heard things like this before. You're not going to get your money in Washington unless this. OK, so they are tying it now. He is tying it, Mike Johnson, to this border security. Steve, Brian, I actually want to see it happen because I don't believe it. Because you know what happened last time we heard about this? Not that long ago. More people to process the illegal aliens. They did not secure the border. They just had more manpower to keep processing, processing I want to actually see it. I want yeah. to see walls being built. I want to see what's happening in Texas. Is he allowed the governor to keep who's putting up those things in the water to keep the people out? Then he's taking Fifth them down. Circuit. They're suing him. No, I mean, Fifth so circuit struck it down. See, so it's like, I don't believe it. I believe this is just the only because of what's been happening. The reality and our past history, very recent past history. This is just a way to have more people processing the border and getting these illegal aliens in and when does it stop because i can see i've been a new yorker all my life the streets are packed the streets are jammed how many more people can we take right they're kicking out people who, we, who are in homeless shelters to put in the illegal aliens where's the help for the you know american mother here in new york who's got four kids and has to go to a shelter there's no room for her so i'm yeah. very upset very resentful americans first both of you know this, are not being taken care of, our vets not being taken care of. So as far as the silver lining, I'm always looking for that silver lining. You know what the silver lining is for me? I want to share with both of you. I live by the Rockefeller Center tree that was just lit a few days ago, and I'm there frequently passing it, walking past. It is packed with families, happy, kids smiling. Uh, there's a return, a recent study to for this holiday, buying board games, puzzles, dolls, uh, Tonka trucks for little boys, like a return to nostalgia. So I'm happy to see those smiling faces in awe, looking up at this big Christmas tree, you know, walking into St. Patrick's, walking into Central Synagogue, happy, crowded. I mean, today, it's a weekday, a couple of weeks from Christmas. Well, I guess kids are homeschooled now. Streets are packed with everybody wanting to see the Christmas decorations. That makes me happy. That is America as we know it and we love it. 
I yeah. love that. Me too, Lynn. Awesome. You know, we had the uh, the Christmas parade here in Central Texas last night in our town, and I have never seen so many cars, so many families, really? so many kids, so many strollers, so many people out in uh, engaging at all the restaurants in town. And I mean, it was great. It was really the first time I feel like I've seen that in years because of the whole slow build back to normal society if we could call it that after covid but uh lynn as we approach the last 30 seconds of the show here leave us with a nice holiday message or your final thoughts please and it's been wonderful to see you today absolutely well i am i am so thrilled to be with both of you thank you so much i love both of you i love state of the nation i love tnt for providing the platform where we can talk about these issues and get out realities and truths to everybody. Uh, I want to leave you with, I want everybody to spend time with their family, with their friends, and to give a little something each day, whether you smile at somebody, you pat somebody on the shoulder. I know it might sound corny. It matters these days. It changes somebody's life. I want everybody to have a wonderful holiday season, a Merry Christmas, and just share truths not you know, and facts not you know scaring people we need realities we need to educate everybody and yes. to just have a wonderful holiday gotta season. go lynn we're down to five seconds follow lynn